Ой, что это что он спирачит? Пошел. А по часть того, что он спирачит, Торец. Ой, я урод. Адам тут брон. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host from a very remote distance so we don't kill each other with infectious diseases, Atif Myers. Hey, tell the people about hey, yourself. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, Tiff Myers, we are, uh, I don't know if you explained which podcast this is yet, but he got a black Muslim to talk about another black Muslim. And I said, stand up. So, yeah, that's really about me right now. Yeah, I I felt like the assassination of Malcolm X should be a podcast that wasn't just all white people in the room. And this podcast normally isn't all white people in the room. So might have been fine anyway. But, you know, no doubt. I'm going to be honest. You're the only Muslim I know. <laughs> really? I think so. There's not a lot of us around. Yeah, there's not, like yeah, there's not a lot of us running around. I'll be honest. like, yeah. like especially in the LA comedy community, which seems surprised. Well, when I say the LA comedy community, I mean the people I know in the LA comedy community. Yes, it could be riddled with Muslims for all I know. But yeah, that's I feel like I knew more Muslims like, when I lived in South Dakota. Really. Yeah, I worked with a bunch. That's fucking crazy. That's fucking crazy. To me. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it should be that way, but yeah, it feels that, like it is, in fact, that way. Dude, but to be fair, I think there's like 15 of us. <laughs> like in L.A. Like, or in the like, L.A. comedy community? Yeah, like in L.A. Yeah, that sounds like, about right. There's like, there's like 15 of us, but there's also like a lot of like just black dudes that are also Muslim, but they will never tell you until it's like Ramadan and they start complaining about it. Yeah. I had a friend in, in like, high man, school I'm fucking hungry. And it's like, I had a friend in high school whose dad was that way. Like he wasn't Muslim until it was time to give the kids gifts at Christmas and then devout Muslim. <laughs> it was great. That That's how I found out. I was Muslim actually when I was younger, it was during Christmas and I was like, yeah, where's our gifts? And like, I oh, was Muslim now. I, was like, right, fuck. <laughs> I should, I should mention that, a tiff is actually this is the first like post coronavirus podcast we're recording. The studio is shut I, down. Dude, which is still like so like I would have been down to come in today. You just lice all me and shit. Yeah, I've been like I disinfected shit, but God, it just uh, like I once the NBA shut down, I was like, Well, who am I to st- keep the studio open if the nba is shutting down i'm obviously not drawing the same crowds but it just something <laughs> something about the nba shutting down that was the night where i was like yep we're just gonna record remote podcasts from now on and i had you booked not as a remote podcast you were gonna come in but fortunately yeah you have the facilities to record on your end so here we are Dude, again, every once you see like money making institutions, like the NCAA was the one where I was like, these guys exploit kids and they shut down to not exploit kids. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, the NCAA held on till the very end. Like, they were canceling tournaments <laughs> at halftime. It was crazy. But 
I'm <laughs> kind of committed to not just like doing exclusively coronavirus content while uh, the nation is on lockdown. So we're talking about yeah. the assassination of Malcolm X for a couple episodes. We did this. Uh, we did a similar thing with JFK where the first okay. episode was about the official version of events, kind of a background of things. Mm. And then our next episode will be about the conspiracy theory version, I guess you want to call it. But in cases like this, I tend to lean toward the conspiracy yeah, theory version. Yeah. Like the Malcolm X conspiracy, quote unquote, is one of the few like black conspiracies that are just mainstream. You know what I mean? It's interesting that you say that because I've brought Malcolm X up recently and the reception I got, granted, it was from a white dude, but the reception I got was that, mm. oh, well, no, we know how that happened. It was the Nation of Islam that killed him. And like, yes. it, I, was it? Like it was probably, <laughs> but was it? I think they were like collaborators. Yeah, it definitely seems that way. But there's always like, yes, the Nation of Islam probably is in theory responsible, but all of these assassinations in the 60s, like there's so many that happened all at the same time. Yeah. And in it's like in eight in a five to eight year span. Right. Right. Like there Candy was Candy was 63. This was like 66, 68. Six, and like MLK was like six, 68. Right. And then Bobby Kennedy, too. I and forgot it, about Bobby Kennedy. And then there's also all of the Black Panther leaders who got assassinated. <laughs> yeah. Like, this was a crazy time. Like, I, I tell people all the time, I think when it's all said and done and we look back on history, I think we'll find that the United States actually had the most brutal intelligence agency. And I oh, think 100%. And I think we'll point to the 60s as proof of that. But so many of these assassinations, like there's conspiracy theories around JFK, there's conspiracy theories around Bobby Kennedy, there's conspiracy theories around Martin Luther King Jr., but I don't think and Malcolm X also like I don't think anyone takes those theories seriously. And I feel like really? we should. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, with Kennedy, um, JFK, I think that one's taken like the most serious because it's always constantly being brought up. Yeah. Like, I want to say whenever it's like a slow news cycle, the National Enquirer would be like, who really killed JFK? Like, it's always still in the forefront. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like it's even when it's brought up, the people who bring it up are treated kind of like weirdos. And that's yeah. And the idea that Lee Harvey Oswald wasn't solely responsible, like you're you're kind of looked at as a crazy person if you believe there might be an alternate explanation. And I feel like there would be the same thing surrounding MLK and Malcolm X if they weren't black. Oh, a thousand percent. Because yeah, it. I bet. It, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like MLK and Malcolm X both, and I don't know if we've ever done a conspiracy episode about Martin Luther King Jr., which we should. 
because that's yeah. like that's a conspiracy theory where even the family is like, yeah, like the that guy probably didn't do it. It was probably the government. <laughs> like they sued the fucking government and won. But like nobody talks about it. No. And like even in school books, in history books, they're just like, he got assassinated at the end. Like they never, nobody ever really delves into it. Right. And it's like, that's kind of the problem. Like everyone is, uh, who was it that assassinated MLK according to history books? What is that guy's fucking name? Why can't I think of James? James Earl Ray. I remembered it without Googling it at the same time. You, yeah, <laughs> J- like James Earl Ray did probably did not kill Martin Luther King Jr. No, and to be fair, he's one of the few like assassins, quote unquote, who's like still claimed to be innocent. Like even years later, he's like, dude, I didn't do it. Whereas when you see with this Malcolm X one, the one guy they the one guy they like knew for sure had a part of it was like, yeah, I did it. I'm sorry. Right. But also the other people they arrested with him. He was like, yes. yeah, they didn't do it. And They're like nobody gave a fuck. And yeah, it's uh, it's one. I, I feel like Malcolm X, I haven't looked into as much as the other. I mean, there's a ton of assassinate. Like once you dig into the Black Panthers, there's a ton of assassinations in the 60s and 70s to look into. Uh, yeah, because that's just how the government moved back then. Yeah, we were like people associate today. I think. Yeah, definitely still today, but like people associate the 60s and the 70s with like peace and love. And that's when uh, everyone was hippies. But like that's when America was at its most brutal. Like we were just assassinating progressives in public and sometimes framing people for it. It was nuts. Do you remember... um benzi like buto like the pakistani woman benazir like buto yeah, yeah yeah yes well she was like bin laden's alive and then the next day she got assassinated right yeah and nobody gave a fuck that should probably be an episode in the future or like yeah yeah because even the seal team that killed him didn't they all die in a helicopter accident <laughs> that's perfectly normal a and like no one gives a fuck i don't know man like growing up i was always into conspiracy and when listening to like coast to coast, you ever listen to coast to coast? Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. We're, like that was like my shit, but it's just weird. How again, when you, when you said it earlier, when you bring up like Malcolm X or like JFK and you're like, I don't think that happened that way. People look at you like you're a fucking nut job. Yeah. And I think it has to do with just the term conspiracy theory in general has been kind of vilified and yeah, which is insane because if if there's ever been a time where you should maybe not trust what the government is telling you, it's right now. And I feel yeah. like we are, as a society, turning on conspiracy theories even more right now. And it feels like that's maybe not the time to do that. No. Like, even like when this Epstein shit went down, there were just memes and then we moved on. Yeah. It was like, like we all had questions, but we didn't really ask those questions. We just no. acknowledged that we had questions and then didn't do anything about it. It's, it's just really, it's really just like the status quo of like how America does shit. 
Right. And I feel like Malcolm X is a good example of what happens when people challenge the status quo. Because I I feel like there's, and we'll get into it all, but I, I feel like there's a point in his history where the group he was affiliated with seemed like they were falling in line with the status quo and he broke with them and he got fucking murdered over it. Like regardless, regardless of who did it, that's what he got murdered for. Yeah. Like without question, before we get into all of that, you, uh, before we or not before, but when we (laughs) decided to do these episodes, you mentioned you are a big fan of Malcolm X. Talk about that a little bit. Huge fan. Huge fan of Malcolm X. I mean, again, growing up young, black, and like Muslim, like he was the guy. And I even remember like in the fourth grade, I uh, I wanted to show the class the Malcolm X movie that Spike Lee did. Yeah. And the teacher's like, yeah, that's fine. So I brought it in and the movie opens up. Like in the first five minutes, he's like banging some white lady in the back of a car. (laughs) (laughs) Teacher's like, what the fuck? You're not going to pick a scene? And I was like, no, I want to show this whole movie. And she's like, you know, that's a three hour long movie. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, I'll give you a beat. Just go sit down. You can't show this whole fucking movie. But it's such a good movie. It's so good. But just seeing like someone who's like fucking black and Muslim and like super outspoken, like inspired me as a kid. And I remember asking my dad, I was like, why aren't we a part of the nation of Islam? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're black. We're Muslim. Why aren't we with them? And then he was like, dude, they're not Muslim. Like they killed Malcolm X. (laughs) <laughs> told me that when I was like five years old. Right. And I was like, oh, fuck. But nah, man, huge fucking fan. Yeah. Like my introduction to Malcolm X was uh, there's a, a rap group called Boogie Down Productions. Yeah. And okay. they have an album called By Any Means Necessary, where KRS-One, the lead rapper, is holding a rifle and looking out the window. And... I, from looking into that and like, I must've read it in like fucking word up magazine or whatever. Cause this yes. was like late eighties. I don't know how I connected it to that, <laughs> but I like, I, I realized that he was emulating that really iconic image of Malcolm X. And that's like how Malcolm X ended up on my radar And then just from, like, if you were listening to rap music in the 90s, you were into conspiracy theories. Like, those two things were not, they were not mutually exclusive whatsoever. And Barnes & Noble used to have, like, before conspiracy theories were sort of criminalized in this country, (laughs) Barnes & Noble had this display that was just like, cliff notes about conspiracy theories and i remember buying the one about malcolm x and being like shit this is it's pretty crazy dude like and even just like reading the book like the autobiography of malcolm x but like written by some other dude like that book was fucking awesome like i don't know man he was just such an inspirational figure because i mean in school you learn about martin luther king because he's like the peaceful one but Malcolm X was the one who always fucking stood his ground and did not really like give a fuck. And that's just who I always like was drawn to more. And you're right about like early nineties rap. Cause I mean like public enemy was all over that shit. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it 
like, I guess it makes sense that you hear about MLK more in history books, but it's just because like those history books are written mostly by white people. And yeah, he's a safe one. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like, that was sort of Malcolm X's opinion on Martin Luther King Jr. Also. And so I guess you have to get more conspiracy theorists, but they want to teach you about the one that's like not aggressive. So you won't like rise up. Do you want to get like really deep down into this? Yeah. And that like I, I 100% buy that. Like that strikes me as probably the obvious reason why Malcolm X is not taught in history books the way Martin Luther King Jr. is. And he's arguably like he's at least as important to the civil rights movement as Martin Luther King Jr. Absolutely. So let's talk about Malcolm X and his early life a little bit, because I feel like it's, it's important because it kind of informs what he ends up doing as an adult. Yeah, no doubt. He was born in Omaha, Nebraska. Malcolm Little was his name. May 19th, 1925, Omaha, Nebraska. I fucking love Omaha. It's a great place. You ever been? <laughs> Never been to Omaha. Well. Never. Like, I, why, why is it great? I, I, I wonder what the next detail in the Malcolm X story is. Let's see. Uh, family fled Omaha for Milwaukee after threats from the KKK <laughs> over his parents' work with the Universal Negro Improvement Association. So, God damn it, Omaha. Maybe this place isn't that great. It's a... <laughs> their downtown area is fun, but here's the thing. We did an Unpops tour within the last few years, and one of okay. our stops was Omaha. And we went to this really cool, like, antiques and collectibles store, and as I'm going through it in the like this back corner, they had these like hand fans, you know, when they would put like it would be on a stick and there'd be a piece of cardboard and you could fan yourself yes. with it. Yes, yes, yes. It was those, but they were super duper racist. Like really like <laughs> Sambo's chicken shack and just Jesus. like people in blackface. And I for a moment was like, should I buy these? And oh, like, yeah, it's funny. And like, it, right, exactly. <laughs> but it's weirdly funny. Imagine going through airport security <laughs> and that's the one time they decide to check your bags. And then what if the person checking my bags is not white and they pull those fucking fans out of my bags? What do I do? What do I say? There's no, like, even if I was just buying them, to like bring them back to LA and be like, can you believe this shit that I found? There's I, dude. You should have bought it. You should have fucking <laughs> bought it. At least brought it up on stage with you. If you perform it that night and speak, what the fuck is this? Omar? that I should have done. I should have taken them to the show with me, but yes. I guess Omaha maybe isn't as great as I thought yeah, it is this was. Why you love Omaha for racist fans. Is that <laughs> well, well, yeah, obviously <laughs> not long after, uh oh wait i got lost from milwaukee yeah right so and they go like to lansing michigan also home of magic johnson right they they flee omaha because of racist threats 
over Malcolm X's parents and their work with an organization called the Universal Negro Improvement Association, which yep. I'm only allowed to say because it's in the historical record. Yeah, and I give you permission. I knighted you to say Negro <laughs> before the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm going to need <laughs> similar passes throughout this episode. Yeah, deal. deal. I dub you <laughs> to say Negro colored or whatever, like old, all, tiny term. All the outdated people. ones. <laughs> None of the modern ones. Yeah, mulatto. <laughs> moon cricket. Moon cricket? People said that? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, moon cricket just sounds cute. We should bring that it, back. Right? It's very Mallow funny. moon cricket. <laughs> no, that sounded terrible when I said it. Never mind. See? Yeah, now it sounds awful. Race with her. Sounds awful. Yeah, they flee Milwaukee. <laughs> they go to Lansing, Michigan, which... Currently, kind of a hotbed for Muslims, Michigan in general. Absolutely. But at the time, not really. Still pretty racist. And they get more racist harassment there. In particular, there's a group called the Black Legion, which doesn't sound like it should be a racist group. No. It, It sounds like they should be fighting racists in the street, but... As it turns out, the Black Legion was also a racist group that maybe burned down Malcolm X's home as a child in Michigan, maybe murdered his father. So crazy. And he actually at one point claimed that white violence, and that was the word or the phrase he used, took the lives of not only his father, but four of his father's brothers which also, like back then they would just get away with it yeah like which is fucking been like that was just that everyday norm where they'd be like all right we killed a black dude let's go get some beers like it was it was such a wild fucking time it's a good thing that's so different now <laughs> sort of <laughs> yeah that's the thing like you sit like when a cop gets prosecuted for killing a black person i'm still genuinely surprised it's like when police solve a rap murder i'm like jesus christ you can do that dude i'm just happy now that like i've had a bunch of like police brutality happen to me where they've like drawn guns on me for no reason and i'm happy now we're at a time where at least people believe me now yeah they'd be like what the fuck did you do i'm like i didn't do anything i was being black and muslim and they were and now they're like oh fuck that's crazy like before they question so maybe another 20 years we should be a bit further It's crazy that like South Central Los Angeles is the way South Central Los Angeles is because of policies that not only the LAPD, but just kind of like the government of California and Los Angeles put in place back in the 60s. And then it took Rodney King for people to be like, wait, they're treating black people differently? In South Central Los Angeles, it's like re- read a fucking book. Like yeah. it's it's been happening forever, and it it blows my mind that people like Malcolm X aren't a bigger part of the history books because it like how do you justify that without being like mm, we don't want to make white people look bad? Like I don't I don't get how this has all worked 
for this long. Dude, they've they like won't acknowledge any civil rights leader that isn't like Martin Luther King. If that makes sense. Like, have you yeah. heard of like Bayard Rustin? I have not. Bayard Rustin was the guy who like inspired Martin Luther King and would like coach him. Like he was like Martin's OG who like helped him through the civil rights period and would like open for him. And he was a great speaker. The only problem with Bayard Rustin was uh he was gay. Uh oh. So he was a black gay man who like got all his teachings from Gandhi and like was like, no, we gotta be like peaceful, not aggressive. But none of the history books acknowledge him because he was a black gay man. That's crazy. Instrumental. And nobody gives a fuck. Yeah, I don't I I remember hearing very little about the Black Panthers when I was in school. And yeah. that seems important. That was uh yeah. especially if you want some insight on how your government deals with black people who carry guns that seems like it would have been worth learning about but yeah all this shit gets left (laughs) out yeah it's fucking awful so like with all of the stuff that happens to malcolm x as a child like his home is burned down by racists at one point uh his father is murdered by racists they called it a streetcar accident but he was probably murdered his mom doesn't get any life insurance benefits over it because the life insurance Mm -hmm. companies argue that he killed himself uh probably also some racist shit on their part she goes to a she goes to a fucking mental institution for 24 years malcolm x And all his siblings end up in foster care. He gets out of foster care, goes to high school. And at one point in high school is told by a teacher that the, he had in his ambition was to be a lawyer. And he was told that, uh, becoming a lawyer is no realistic goal for a N word. Nigga. Yeah. 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 Like we know what he said. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for the, uh, the assist. Threw it up. Well, I guess the, I got the assist. Yeah, you're John Stockton. I'm Carmelo to say nigga in this whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like that's obviously the word the dude used. And yeah. Malcolm X ends up dropping out of high school over that. So it's pretty easy to understand how he ends up in the field of interest he does when he's older. He was brutalized by white people his entire life so sorry if he's holding a gun on the cover of ebony magazine yeah then what he just fucking turns into a life of crime at this point right like he goes into the streets yeah before he becomes uh malcolm x he goes to prison and uh yeah he fell into a life of crime in harlem and i feel like we don't need to hit on that too much no, not at all. Not a lot of people all. fall into a life of crime, and it's arguably one of the least important parts of his story, except for the part where he eventually goes to prison, and yes. that's where he gets introduced to the nation of Islam. And yeah. we should talk about the nation of Islam, not the same thing as Islam. No, not, like it's so far away. Like, they're so far away. Can you explain the difference for the people at home? So, Islam is, like, very Old Testament-y, right? Where, like, 
similar to your Christianity or your Judaism, like super similar Judaism. Like it's just one of the big three religions, as people call it, or the Abrahamic religions, where it's like based on peace and love. We believe that Muhammad is the prophet of God. That's the guy who we're not allowed to see his face. And if people draw him, we get pissed for some reason. It's that guy. But we also believe in like Jesus and Abraham and Mo- like we still believe in those guys, right? Well, the Nation of Islam was created by like W. Ford in 1930. And he believes that like white people are the devil and they are created by a scientist named Yakub. <laughs> and that black people are like the greatest, which is dope. That's uh, as a black guy, I'm like, yo, it's fucking dope. <laughs> like, it's just based on like anti Semitism and like racism. Yeah, they're a problematic bunch for sure. Like, here's the thing is the thing with the Nation of Islam is they're cool in like the black community for what they want to do for the community, right? Like, I'm all about like having black businesses and like helping out the community. However, like they still exploit black people and they're still very racist. Right. Yeah. And that's like they're they strike me as kind of cult like. Yes. And that's like you see that a lot with cults where there are some aspects to what they do that are good and probably help people out a lot. I would argue even Scientology. There are some teachings of Scientology that aren't that bad, but you have to take like the whole picture into consideration. And yeah, the nation of Islam, they're problematic when it comes to Jewish people. And they always have been. Absolutely. It's also funny. You brought up Scientology. Because the Nation of Islam is like super cool with Scientology and wants the members of the Nation of Islam to go through like Dianetics. Oh, that's so crazy. Like sort of in bed with each other. Wow. I did not. Yeah. yeah I didn't know that. Like, I, did, I did a little bit of research for this. It was like, weird. It was weird when I found that out. It's in like even Scientology. There's a documentary out there called My Scientology Movie. <laughs> and this guy like recreates all of the experiments and things that they do when you're going through the levels of Scientology and like taken on their own outside the context of Scientology, it kind of makes sense. Like it's just about not having as much of an emotional reaction to stress in your life, which that's a good thing. Yes. But then also you sign a billion year contract and might have to live (laughs) on a boat for the rest of your life. So, which is pretty insane. And, and yeah, the nation of Islam is kind of the same thing. Like we've talked on various unpops podcasts before about Yakub and how, like if your favorite rapper says white people are the devil, it's probably because he thinks they were created in a lab by an evil scientist. And like, who am I to say we weren't like, it's totally possible. We're most of the police. Also, you got to realize, like, with the station of Islam, they believe that, like, uh, W. Ford or Ford, I think it's Ford, he, um, they believe he was, like, God reincarnated and that, like, Elijah Muhammad was, like, Jesus, if that makes sense. Right. Which totally strays away from Islam because we believe that God is just God. He can't be reincarnated and that, like, Muhammad's the guy, but Muhammad's dead. So, which also explains, like, Elijah Muhammad's power where, like, his followers literally believe he's Jesus. And can essentially like do no wrong. Right. Yeah. So it's, uh, that's a thing worth taking into consideration, but 
It's also worth noting at this point that Malcolm X did kind of break from, I mean, not kind of break from the nation of Islam. Like he completely broke from the nation of Islam. Absolutely. Like that was with this pilgrimage to Hajj, which I guess we're to talk about later on. But yeah. Yeah. Where he realized, oh shit, this isn't the nation of Islam isn't Islam. Like this is Islam. Right. But before all that happens, he gets introduced to the nation of Islam in prison and he starts communicating with Elijah Muhammad a whole bunch. And this is the point where he kind of ends up on the FBI's radar. It actually happens. He's still in prison because as we mentioned, he fell into a life of crime He goes to prison. He gets introduced to the Nation of Islam. At one point in prison, he writes a letter to Harry Truman and denounces the Korean War and declares that he is a communist. (laughs) Which pretty fucking awesome. What a bold move. Like, I'm scared to criticize the CIA on these podcasts. Yeah. And he's firing Uh, off letters to the government. Crazy. Yeah, dude, that's fucking crazy. I was, yeah, I'm scared to talk about like, the government of Morocco or Saudi Arabia, like in jokes. Yeah. Because like they might assassinate me. Yeah, that like I'm researching a podcast right now about the Philippines under Ferdinand Marcos. And like in the 80s, the FBI and the CIA knew that the Philippines had intelligence agents here who are just harassing people who criticize the Philippines. And we were like, yeah, but we're friends with the Philippines. So we kind of got to let them do it. Yeah. Like the things the government will let people get away with, even to this day, it's crazy, but throughout history. And I feel like killing, killing Malcolm X was one of those things. Absolutely. And then people still are like, you should trust the government. It's like, they have such a long history of fucking up and fucking us up. Yeah, you should by default in 2020 not trust the government. No. And it probably should have been that way since like 1988. Probably yeah. like, I mean, earlier than that. If you trusted Reagan, you're an idiot. Yeah. What were you doing? <laughs> and I okay, like, idiot. even as a kid, like, I'm old enough to remember my parents very much wanting Reagan to win the election. And he did. And then my dad's job got shipped to Mexico. Like a fucking month later, but our guy won. (laughs) No, my, my dad was like a super hippie and like, of course, I lived during this era. So he was just like, don't fucking trust the government. Like don't, I remember as a kid, he'll be like, if you get pulled over, this is what you do. Like was all about like, everybody's trying to fuck you and you can't trust anybody. Yeah. And it's valid advice. Like it. Yeah. It's crazy that. That has been valid advice for black people for like 50 years in this country. (laughs) Like we act like this is a new thing and no, it's a new thing because police didn't have body cameras before then. Yeah. But but this has always been existing. It has always been a fucking thing. That's why I get so offended when people are like, oh, but all the cops I know are nice. It's like they're nice to you because you're white. Like, how do you know what they're fuck? Like people listen to my podcast, but they don't know how I deal with the people I record with. I could be a huge fucking dick to everyone I record with, but from outward is guys, he is. We're going to do an unpops conspiracy episode Uh, about these episodes. God damn it. Now I got to kill a tiff (laughs) See for outing me for being an asshole. 
I kind of hope I do die tomorrow so people <laughs> think you fucking killed me because of this. <laughs> I killed him with a coronavirus. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, so the, 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 the government's been fucking killing people for a long time. So Malcolm X, he gets out of prison and starts immediately climbing the ranks of the Nation of Islam. He's great at recruiting new members, and that just adds to the attention he's getting from the FBI. And then the Hilton Johnson incident happens, which somehow I had never heard of this. Same. Which is crazy because it's a line in a Kanye song. Yeah, it is. Like there's a there's a whole Kanye song built around a line from this incident. And I had to, like up to this point I'd be like Malcolm X stole that from Kanye West. <laughs> but the Hinton Johnson incident, this is how Malcolm X not only gets on the nation's radar, but also all of law enforcement in general after the Hinton Johnson incident decide yeah. Malcolm X might be a problem. <laughs> And what happened, uh, Johnson was walking in New York City with two fellow Nation of Islam members, and they happened upon police beating a black man with their nightsticks, if you can believe that. They, yeah, that's, that's actually like a super common thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who, would, who would ever expect police would be beating a black dude with their nightsticks? This is probably in broad daylight, too. Oh, absolutely. Or like it's it's New York, so it's always kind of like, daylight in New York. That's true. It's like seven or eight o'clock at night. Like it's not like it's hidden. Yeah. It's perpetually seeable in New York. <laughs> yeah. And they attempt to intervene in part by shouting, you're not in Alabama. This is New York. Bold move. Very, very bold move in the 60s. And... <laughs> As a result of that, the police turn their attention on Hinton Johnson, beating him so severely that he suffered brain contusions and subdural hemorrhaging. Goddamn. Yeah. Him. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. His two friends and the original beating victim were all arrested and taken directly to jail. Malcolm X hears about this from a witness and goes to the police station and demands to see Hinton Johnson. That alone makes me want to buy a Malcolm X t-shirt. Yeah. That's right now. Such balls. That's because like no one does that now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when there is an injustice, people will just like hop on Twitter or Instagram and be like, this is crazy. Look at this injustice. But no one goes to the police station and wants to be like, yo, I need to see this guy right now. Like this is fucking wrong. Yeah. And then after he's told that there are no Muslims being held there, he just persists and is like, I know you're fucking lying. Show me where this guy is. And they do. And Malcolm X manages to get this guy not only removed from jail, but taken to a hospital. It's fucking awesome. And then they get him back to the hospital. And this whole time, Malcolm X and... A, a team of lawyers have been negotiating to get the other three out of jail and they do that but he's told that hinton johnson is going to have to stay there until his arraignment so 
realizing that the situation is at kind of an impasse, he goes out to this crowd of people that have assembled outside, which is like 4,000 people who are all here to protest what's happening. And with one hand gesture gets all of the nation of Islam people who are assembled there to leave. They leave quietly, they leave peacefully, and then everyone else who had assembled leaves shortly after that. And that's when a cop is quoted in a New York newspaper saying, no one man should have this much power. Yeah, it's pretty, that's fucking badass. And boy, does that get him on law enforcement's radar. Yeah. Which you kind of got to expect it at that point. Oh, definitely. Like he must have known he he's known it since like he joined the nation. I'm like, yo, this is a possibility. Like anyone who could sway a crowd with one hand gesture. Like even I'd sort of be like, can we watch them? Like, what are the, what are they up to? What's that? What's this going to be next? That's a whole, that's a whole lot. That's another level. That's another level of like, command of the crowd and charisma i don't have that kind of charisma yeah that's the thing malcolm x and that at one point when he finally breaks from the nation of islam that becomes a problem like he's he's the one with the charisma like i've seen videos of elijah muhammad but i don't fucking remember anything he said yeah but but malcolm x that guy carried guns and said cool shit and wore neat glasses (laughs) i remember everything (laughs) about malcolm x and he was like number two in the nation of Islam that whole time. Yeah. And everybody, but like, he's like Malcolm X in a nation of Islam was like that feature that you knew was the real headliner. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like if you went to like a comedy show and it was like, Bill Burr's featuring, but after Bill Burr, it's like someone else. And you're like, all right. And then Bill Burr fucking murders. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. All right. And then the headliner can't even fucking follow him. Yeah. That's kind of what Malcolm X became. And it was, it's crazy. So after this Hinton Johnson incident, like he really rises up through the nation of Islam ranks. He was especially great at recruiting new members. Like he in particular is credited with during that stretch in the sixties, like very much increasing the ranks of the nation of Islam, but they eventually have a falling out over a few different things. One was LAPD violence. Malcolm X wanted to respond to LAPD violence against Muslims with violence against the LAPD. And the Nation of Islam said, nah. Which... Kind of makes sense. That's probably the... Like, that's a... The LAPD... Like, that's like California's army. That's a lot to take on. So I guess I understand like he literally wanted to, because there was this incident where there was a mosque in LA and some sort of incident broke out. Police officers showed up, a scuffle breaks out and then the police end up raiding this mosque and just indiscriminately beating the shit out of people, which that's a problem. Of course, but But, that seems pretty par for the course for like cops. Yeah, especially at the time. And if you're part of a movement that's trying to make progress in a way that the American government will accept, 
Violent attacks on the police are probably not something that should be in your playbook. So that I get. I get that. I do like it, though. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, that's the thing about Malcolm X. Like, (laughs) he was like... He's fucking cool, man. Like, we kind of need a Malcolm X right now. Like, more than ever. Because we're kind of at that point where... I don't know. This is going to probably get me on secret service radar, but we're probably like, we're at the point where we need to decide if we're okay with still trying to fix this via voting or if we just need to take to the streets, like something needs to change in this country and voting is not fucking doing it. And it feels like voting's not going to do it in 2020. And expecting people to just wait for voting and the system we use to elect officials in this country now to make things better, it's getting kind of unrealistic. I don't I don't know why people still fucking believe in it. That's I don't either. That's what I've always grown up thinking. I was like, why the fuck are people like we can vote and change things? You fucking can't. No. And like you can change who's in office. But there's still just the same shit, though. Yeah, there's just some policies you're never going to be able to change. That's why I'm so bothered by the idea of Biden getting the Democratic yeah. nomination. It's like Biden put all the policies in place that made migration from Central America necessary for people living in Central America. And now all of those people are in detention centers. And I'm supposed to expect that Joe Biden's just going to fling the doors of those detention centers open. Of course not. He's just going to keep shit going as it's been. And a bunch of white people on the left will feel like they won because Trump's not in office anymore. I I know it's, it's, it's fucking stupid. It really is. It's and just it, so fucking and people just don't I just I just don't understand how people just don't realize it. Like they're all looking on the bench best interests and they're all like fucking lying to you. So much so that like I'm a huge I'm like a Bernie fan just because he's the only one I've seen with like a thirty year track record of constantly doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a Bernie guy also. And like like at some point people have to realize I think in this election that we're at a point where it's more than just beating Trump, like things need to change. And like all of the things, like we look back on the civil rights movement, like it was just this big sea change where we really fixed things. And like, what did we fix? Like there's no like segregated fucking drinking fountains aren't a thing anymore. And black people can eat in the same part of restaurants as everyone else. But like, and we can vote. Yeah. But but there's still a ways to go when it comes to shit like that. And there are no Malcolm X's on the horizon. No, there's just like people on Twitter. There's all that social media shit, but that, that doesn't fucking matter. No, it's it's really, it's so fucking infuriating. It's just so fucking infuriating. Not only does it not matter, it I I think it kind of breeds complacency in people where they're like, well, I tweeted about it and that tweet got a lot, uh, a bunch of retweets. So things are fine. I'm doing my part. Yeah. Someone, someone else would do this. Like they're just like passing the virtual torch. Like that's really all it is. Yeah. So uh, there was also sexual misconduct 
by Elijah Muhammad. That was one of the things Malcolm X split with the Nation of Islam over. But the one that is most interesting to me is his comments about the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Yeah, definitely. Which is pretty famous. And it's a, a he used a phrase that I literally have not looked up until I was researching this podcast. But when John F. Kennedy was assassinated, Malcolm X was asked about it. And in the interview, he said it was a case of, quote, chickens coming home to roost and then followed that up with chickens coming home to roost never did make me sad they've always made me glad <laughs> which he's not wrong like i no. i haven't looked it up before now but i finally looked it up and what that means is your past bad actions have caught up to you and i still yeah. don't know how chickens coming home to roost equates to that but i get what it he was saying cool, yeah like yeah if that's what that phrase means i absolutely gets get what he was saying like jfk kind of hinted that he wanted to shut down the cia and then mysteriously got murdered also jfk had like a pretty like diverse uh like staff he had some african americans in his fucking staff which is like unheard of at the time so he was kind of just trying to change the fucking status quo of how things were right and instead he got shot in the head by a lone gunman named lee harvey oswald yeah he was the only one yeah, it was just him. Yeah. Even though they've done countless experiments trying to recreate those three shots, and only one person was able to do it, and that guy is convinced Lee Harvey Oswald couldn't have done it. But hey, it's fine. All didn't, of these assassins... Lee Harvey Oswald like, escape for like days? Yeah, Lee Harvey... Like, <laughs> this is just such a mind-blowing period in history to me. Yeah where all of these people who are directly challenging the government or the way the government works get murdered. And now all these years later, if you question the official explanation of those murders, people act like you're crazy. Like, yeah. But meanwhile, let a true crime fan find out that some dude whose wife got murdered, his previous wife died like 25 years earlier from falling down the steps. They'll be like, there's no such thing as coincidences. <laughs> and it's like, all right, but what about our government in the sixties? Do you believe they were just murdering people or are people who believe that conspiracy theorists all, all day? They're just, dude, it's, it's fucking bananas. It's yeah. Ugh, I yeah. Don't I don't, I just don't get people's complacency. I, I'll never understand it. Yeah. I, I, kind of go out of my way to convince like we have a true crime podcast called pretty scary and i really go out of my way to drive home the point on that podcast that like conspiracy theories and true crime stuff aren't that different like no if you like if you're willing to believe the police are lying about a murder you should be willing to believe that the government sometimes lies about shit also because the police are your government they are your local government and if you believe your local police or someone's local police would conspire to cover up wrongdoing then you should go ahead and believe that at higher levels 
people conspire to cover up wrongdoing also. It's really not that hard. But the term conspiracy theory is just so weighed down in negativity now. I don't even want to say, like, you can't even say negativity anymore. No. People will just. It's just ridiculousness, really, right? Like, I feel like people assume conspiracy theory with, like, Bigfoot and, like, the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, or Alex Jones. Yeah. Where they're like, you're just some guy with a fucking aluminum foil hat, just, like, thinking everybody's out to kill you. Yeah. And. I don't know how you can look at a period like the 60s where all of these progressive leaders just get murdered in public and we never really solve it like we solve it. But there's questions and people are just like, why would you believe like nothing makes me angrier than a think piece on why some people believe conspiracy theories. It's like people believe conspiracy theories because sometimes they happen. And sometimes they are the actual explanation. Yeah. And this, I don't know, this kind of seems like one. A thousand percent. But for this episode, we're sticking to the official explanation. And the official explanation for how uh, Malcolm X died kind of comes down to that split with the Nation of Islam. and around he he ends up splitting with them in 1964 and march 8th my birthday that no shit we're both sad pisces huh are we both sad pisces i think so yeah yeah i was born march 20th (laughs) so oh yeah we're definitely sad pisces sad pisces for life hey thank you sorry about kurt cobain i know all pisces are sad about kurt cobain it's true well, that's a conspiracy in and of itself, right? Oh, is it? We've done a bunch of episodes about it. <laughs> so in the official historical record, him splitting with the Nation of Islam is the inciting incident that yeah. leads to the death of Malcolm X. And it was definitely a tense feud. His car was bombed in February 1964, which is before he even left the Nation of Islam. Elijah Muhammad allegedly told Louis Farrakhan that, quote, hypocrites like Malcolm should have their heads cut off. Also, I was going to say, we have to talk about, like, he left again because he went to Hajj and saw, like, real Islam and was just like, oh, shit, I shouldn't be like this radical guy trying to promote, like, racism because I'm sitting here with, like, white Muslims and, like, Asian Muslims. Like, this is fucking crazy. And everything that like I'm doing with the nation of Islam is wrong. And I got to teach people like actual like Islam and how we should all come together, which that wanted to come together and like not be so separatist is like way more radical at the time than being separatist. Yeah, I think that's actually what got him killed because. Yeah, no doubt. Because the Nation of Islam, that's one thing. Like, they're very radical. But when he splits off from the Nation of Islam, he becomes a very different person. For one, he converted to, he was a Sunni Muslim uh, after splitting off from the Nation of Islam. And yeah, a lot of those more radical leanings that he got from the Nation of Islam sort of went away and he starts focusing on well what if we just bring everyone in to work on this problem and 
that had to be way more threatening to the United States government than him being just part of the nation of Islam. Well, yeah, because that's radical, because that's threatening to the government, but also the nation of Islam is to have like your number one guy being like, these guys are fucking wrong. Like, right. is wrong. This is what's right. Yeah. And it would almost be to the benefit of the U.S. government, which is very focused on, I don't know, I guess keeping Christianity being the thing in this country and not much else. Like, it's yeah. almost good for them if, like, the biggest representative of Islam in the United States is tied to the nation of Islam. Because yes. then they can point to all of that crazy shit that the nation of Islam believes and then sort of discredit Islam as a whole as a result. But when Malcolm X splits off and kind of disavows the nation of Islam and is like, oh, no, 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 no. We can just like this can just be another religion in the world and we can all work together. That's way more dangerous for the U.S. <laughs> yeah. government. Like, that's what they kill yeah. people over. Absolutely. They're not worried about like black dudes doing karate in a basement in New Jersey. No, like they're not worried about that shit at all. They're worried about black dudes doing karate in a basement in New Jersey with white dudes. <laughs> yes, like everybody's doing karate. That's when it's a problem. <laughs> and that's what Malcolm X wanted to do: karate in basements with all sorts of people. And that's when he became a problem. <laughs> So, dude, when I saw the Nation of Islam doing karate with like the Fruit of Islam group, I'm like, I like karate. Like, they might, I might join the nation. Yeah, like one of my first introductions to any of this was Public Enemy, and they had the security of the first world, which is they're like dancers, but they're also just yep. dudes in fatigues who march around and like twirl Uzis on their index finger and shit. <laughs> and I was like, man. I kind of want to do that. That seems <laughs> neater than, I don't know, being Never a white dude listening to Public Enemy. Yeah. So Malcolm X, he has this falling out with the Nation of Islam. We mentioned before his car uh, gets bombed. Mm -hmm. Elijah Muhammad allegedly told Louis Farrakhan that, quote, hypocrites like Malcolm should have their heads cut off. The April 10th edition of Muhammad Speaks featured a cartoon depicting Malcolm X's bouncing severed head. FBI surveillance recorded a call to Malcolm X's wife, Betty, on June 8th, telling her that her husband was as good as dead. Four days after that, an FBI informant received a tip that Malcolm X is going to be bumped off on the Jesus. This one is uh, super interesting to me. On July 9th, this is all 1964, by the way, Elijah Muhammad mm -hmm. aide John Ali referred to Malcolm X by saying, anyone who opposes the Honorable Elijah Muhammad puts their life in jeopardy. Fun fact, John Ali is alleged to have been an FBI agent. It's fucking crazy. Which, after the Hinton-Johnson incident, that's when all law enforcement started surveilling Malcolm X in some way. And it's believed at that point that that's where law enforcement basically infiltrates the nation of Islam. So it wouldn't surprise me if that guy was FBI. Yeah, no, no doubt. 
And this is, all of this is where that really famous picture of Malcolm X comes from. And it's a pretty great picture. That one of him holding the rifle. Like, who doesn't want, like, I am one rifle away from recreating that picture and putting it on Instagram and saying it's about my haters or something. That's such a great picture. You should do it with your podcast, Mike. <laughs> so much podcast, Mike, stand outside the fucking studio window and looking out. That would actually be very funny. <laughs> I would get dragged on Twitter so hard for that. Would you? You're very supportive fans. I have supportive fans, but Twitter is a whole other thing. It would That's be fair. like it would be cultural appropriation. It would be in other all legitimate arguments. I'm not here to argue yeah. against the PC police. God, you're uh, damn. But you're I still right. want to take that picture. picture. I want to wear the glasses. I don't even own a suit. <laughs> I'd buy a suit for that picture. That'd be great. But Dude, I'm down. and that like that picture. What kills me is. That picture is what I think throughout history, a lot of uh, media or textbooks or whatever have kind of leaned on that picture to make the point that Malcolm, like Malcolm X was the violent one and Martin Luther yep. King Jr. was the peaceful one. But like Malcolm X had was- legitimate concerns for his safety. And for his family's safety. Like, didn't they firebomb his house while his kids were there? Not just like... It wasn't just that, like, white people were wanting to kill him, which, like, at that point in history, white people wanted to kill all black people, but also black people wanted to kill Malcolm X at that time. He had every goddamn reason to have a gun and be looking out the window. And we true, because, like, Martin Luther King did not have that, to be fair. Like, no no black people trying to kill Martin Luther King. No, absolutely not. And it's crazy to me that we've, like... That's the image we've kind of projected on Malcolm X over the years is like, well, he was the violent one. Look at this gun. And it's really not like it's not that he was the violent one. It's that Martin Luther King just wanted people to vote like they're yeah. like he it wasn't. I don't know. I don't like. I can't well, say you, again, I can't say Martin. You just do to be like that defensive and have a gun because again, his own people were trying to kill him. Yeah, everyone like, was trying to kill him when they firebombed his house. I believe that was the house that the Nation of Islam was letting him live in. Yeah, one of the as a uh, part of their disagreement, he was living in this house that the Nation of Islam bought him, and they tried to evict him. And the night before there was a hearing scheduled to delay that eviction. They just fucking firebombed the house and burned it down. And like, yeah, only one of two people did that either Malcolm X or the nation of Islam. And it was probably the nation of Islam. Like what point would Malcolm X have in firebombing his own house? That's true. That's true. Cause they tried to frame Malcolm X for it by saying he had gasoline in his house. Right. Which is, <laughs> abs- yeah, you have gasoline in your house. So you burned your house down like the gasoline was probably put there by the people who burned the house down. So he had every reason to be holding a gun on the cover of Ebony magazine in 1964. And sure enough, in February 1965, he ends up getting assassinated on February 19th. He told interviewer Gordon Parks that the nation of Islam was 
actively trying to kill him. On February 21st, as he was preparing for a speech at the Audubon Ballroom in Manhattan, someone in the audience stood up and yelled, Get your hand out of my pocket! That's part of it. (laughs) And as Malcolm X and his bodyguards were attending to that disturbance, another man rushed toward the stage and shot him in the chest with a sawed-off shotgun as two other men charged the stage firing semi-automatic handguns. He was shot 21 times in total. I'm not going to lie. That's a lot. That's, yeah, no doubt. That's a significant number of bullet wounds. They've all, like, emptied out their clip on them. They, clips. Multiple clips. Yes. That's the thing. It's like, dude emptied out his clip on him, dude emptied out his clip on him. Like, that's fucking crazy. He was pronounced dead at 3.30 p.m. shortly after arriving at the hospital. One of the gunmen, Talmadge Hare, was beaten by the crowd before police arrived. Pretty famous yeah. image of uh, him getting the shit beat out of him. Yeah, so that guy. Like cops surrounding him, and then you see his face. Like, he's just getting, he's getting held up, and people are beating the fuck out of him, but you just see his face in the middle of people beating him. And that leads me to believe he at least probably did have something to do with it. Absolutely. Because there's some reason that crowd started beating him. The other gunmen were identified by witnesses as Nation of Islam members Norman, 3X Butler, and Thomas, 15X Johnson. Do you know what those middle names are about? I do not. I have, I have no idea. I, I think they just do it. I think the <laughs> X is there getting rid of, well, they're getting rid of like their slave names, quote unquote. Well, I know, I know that, but that's like. I just don't know why they have the numbers. And why the middle name? Because like yeah, Butler is name. probably a slave name. Yes. Like to paraphrase Malcolm X, that guy did not come from Africa with the last name Butler. That was given to him by slave-owning people in the past. It's that's exactly it. Is they they just use the X to get rid of like the surnames that have been posted by white slaveholders. Yeah, but I don't know why they have numbers, and I'm fucking kind of jealous. I'm gonna be honest. See, I think that I think the middle name, I think the three X and fifteen X, probably relates to maybe their level within the Nation of Islam. Yeah. Who knows? Why would we have looked into it? Who cares? (laughs) Sorry. Fucking details. Get off our backs. So all three of them were convicted in 1966 and sentenced to life in prison. But like, what about the dude who stood up and yelled? Anyone ever look into that guy? What happened to him? I never hear (laughs) him mentioned in the rest of the story. What about the guy who yelled up and stood up and yelled, Get out your hand out of my pocket. And the guy who put his hand in his pocket. Yeah, what if there was another dude with his hand in his pocket at the time? <laughs> did we look into any of that? No, no one did. So they just were like, hey, we had these two guys, even though like at least if you're going by if you're going by like a trained, like cognitive thought or normal thought, you have at least five people there who've made this distraction. Yet they only have like three people that are arrested. Yeah, it's and when we talk about the conspiracy theories around this on the next episode, it like that kind of seems to be the attitude of the police in general. They, they just sort of show up and they're like, well, we'll just arrest whoever we can arrest and yeah. that'll be good enough. 
And it did sort of end up being good enough, even though the one guy that the crowd identified, he confessed at trial, but refused to name the other assailants. But he did contend that they were not Butler and Johnson. And in 1977, he signed an affidavit once again, affirming that Butler and Johnson were innocent and naming four other Nation of Islam members from Newark's Mosque 25 as participants. No one cared. The case wasn't reopened, but it was reopened recently because of a 2020 Netflix documentary. We're going to talk about that on the next episode when we... When we talk about what really happened, do you, here, here's a question. Do you yes. believe the official explanation of what happened to Malcolm X? No. Yeah. No, I don't like, I don't believe any official explanation of assassinations that happened in the seventies uh, or maybe ever. My girl, my girlfriend's like, my girlfriend's white and she just knew nothing about this. And I was like, no, he's killed by nation of Islam. And she was just like the whole time, just stunned by like the gross, like misconduct of the police and how like no one really cared. Yeah. It that's the thing is like no one really gave a fuck. I imagine among police and law enforcement at the time, there was probably a sense of relief that he was killed. Yes, no doubt. They were just like, here's a guy who's going to like change the culture. Like not just like when people say the culture now, black culture, like literally the culture of America. And they're like, we need to fucking get rid of this guy because we're happy with the status quo. Yeah, like people really underestimate how hard in the paint this government goes when black people start making things better for themselves. Like, yeah, like people are always like, "Hmm, the government really cared about guns when the Black Panthers started carrying them. And like, yeah, maybe. But what the government really cared about was when the Black Panthers started giving kids free breakfast like that is when the government was like, oh, no, you're not going to improve the lives of your community on our watch. (laughs) And, like, it's the same thing with Malcolm X, Martin Luther King Jr., Bobby Kennedy, John F. Kennedy Jr., or John John F. Kennedy Jr. just flew his plane into the ocean like an idiot, but regular JFK. Like, we just, in the 60s, assassinated people who tried to change the status quo and we did it publicly and to this day most americans don't believe that the government had any involvement in that rash of fucking murders that happened in it like which there's so much evidence against against it yeah much evidence for i guess there's so much evidence for the conspiracy but no one cares yeah but i think i think that's an episode you're right this was a long episode I think you texted me Sorry. and said this was going to be a long episode. Yeah, I was trying to be a dick. I hope it didn't come off like a dick. Like, this oh, is no. going to be a fucking long episode. I'm like, no, you, we just had a lot of, you had a lot of information. Yeah, I didn't want to just like, like dive into <laughs> the conspiracy part and not, because I don't, here's the thing. I don't discount that some racists are listening to this podcast because it is a conspiracy theory podcast. And yeah, no uh, those Venn diagrams intersect. So on the off chance, I just, uh, I want to give the racists in the audience an introduction to Malcolm X and, uh, hopefully you understand he wasn't the, he wasn't as bad as history has made him out to be. Also like we had, 
you have to give background because these are all just the dominoes to lead into why, you know? I feel like if, yeah, if absolutely. we didn't do the background, then like the podcast, if we just dove into the conspiracy, then we'd be, it'd be like three hours of just like the why. So no, it makes sense. I'm not mad at it. There's a lot of why. And yeah. we'll get to it on the next episode. Tiff will be joining me again. We're uh, recording from our respective bunkers in <laughs> yeah. the COVID-19 disinfected zone in Los <laughs> Angeles. Uh, we have barcodes on our wrists we can't move if those don't get scanned it's intense right now but we it are really st- is. still providing the content for you a tiff do you have anything to plug before we get out of here add a tiff myers on twitter and instagram uh listen to my stand-up on spotify and yeah it's ha- yeah that's it man thank you for listening to this yeah thank you for having me by the way hey thank you for doing it i appreciate it this is uh like I said, this is the first episode I've recorded since I shut the studio down. So thank you for uh, being a part of this and uh, helping me realize it's not going to be that bad. Like, this was a good no. episode. Things will be it's fine. Fun, yeah. We'll live. <laughs> hey, Tiff. Hope so. Don't die. Hmm. I'll try not to. If well, I do, it's your fault because ex- I've exposed you. Yeah. What if I gave you coronavirus over the... the the skype call oh fuck I, who knows how it's transferred no one knows it couldn't be real what if coronavirus isn't real guys huh no it's fucking real and wash your goddamn hands and ass if i did you know what i would say about that situation hmm. no one man should have that much power <laughs> <laughs> full circle motherfuckers that's what we in the industry call a callback And it's probably the appropriate point to end this podcast. We will be next. We will be next. No, we will be back back next week to talk about what really happened to Malcolm X, which probably isn't that much different from the official story, but it's a little different. No, it's way different. Yeah. There's a whole documentary about it. Six parts. That's a lot. It's a lot of doc. Well, whatever. We'll fucking, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it then. We'll We'll get to it. All right, Atif, thank you so much for doing it. I appreciate it. Of course. Tell the people goodbye. Peace. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.